Hello and uh, welcome to a new episode of, of Rum Doings, uh, where today we shall uh, not be discussing um, the the nature of uh, unruly teenagers. That's right, and should conscription in particular be brought back for unruly teens? That's right. John, do you have any opinions on this subject? I have literally no opinions on this subject. I have a number of opinions, but they're not strongly held. No, okay. Shall we good. move on? I God. think we should. I've, I thought it was horribly wrong for me, because as we were having that conversation, I accidentally, without thinking, drank some of the contents of this glass. And inside this glass... I was unable to speak after it, it, that. Is it rum today? It is rum. What sort of rum is it? It is, uh, as foretold mm-hmm. in the uh, number, uh, podcast number... Four, uh, yeah, five, four. One, two, three, four. Podcast yeah. number four. Um, this, <laughs> the way, uh, appears on the yeah. waveform. By the way, um, don't allude to is, the form. Is um, straw, straw, straw. I've not actually tried any yet. Have you not tried to sip any? Yet? I'm not going to do any comic. <laughs> God's yeah. uh-huh. nonsense. I, I will genuinely react. Okay, to it. so uh, this uh, is how sixty percent volume rum. Okay, from I'll, I'll, I'll take a sip, shall I? Okay, go ahead. It's, it's <laughs> you didn't, no, 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 no. Did you say you no, no. Actually, the the thing is, as as it goes down your throat, yes. it, it basically vaporizes immediately. <laughs> so it doesn't and then comes back up again. So it doesn't. It doesn't actually hurt as much because it. I mean, now it's 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 basically <laughs> turned into gasoline fumes in my <laughs> lungs, right, and if I drop a match down my throat, I'll yes. explode. <laughs> but will come at your mouth. But actually, as it's going down, it's quite smooth merely because nothing's going down. It immediately vaporises. As it, I find it leaves a little uh, kind of cooking going on in my gullet. Yes, I can feel that now, and it's beginning mm-hmm. to be my voice going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. lovely, isn't it? Isn't it delicious? So, John, can you carry on talking while I get my? I said, <laughs> I, well, I said I wasn't going to do <laughs> and that, and now I have. It. it genuinely is making me a bit hoarse. <laughs> it's <laughs> quite right. <laughs> That kind of feeling. The, the husky sound of rum yes. doings. <coughs> That's how we should do it, all these podcasts. Yes, now that... Drunk on straw. Straw is an interesting... It is an interesting flavour. Do you like it? Would you? Do you desire to drink the rest in that glass? Um, let me take another sip and I'll tell you. It smells like an industrial solvent. It does, and, and it's not... Mainly that, that sounds like a silly, lazy cliche that someone no. might say about some bad alcohol, but it actually genuinely does. In fact, John, are you sure that... <laughs> I'm not. I'm almost not being funny, but it really does smell like. If I were tricking you into drinking industrial clean, do you think I would have pulled myself a glass? <laughs> Unless there's some bait and switch, and you've just got some mulberry juice there or something. I don't. That's know. right. Well, see, I've got a glass of, of decaffeinated coffee to temper it with. So, do you think it's better? Do you, do you think it tastes better coming out from a glass then? Well, good coffee. Yeah, I know that it probably doesn't. But I, I am fooled enough by it that it does. I like I, it's it's smoother. It's better. You know where it really doesn't come out better from polystyrene cups. <laughs> Are we the only podcast that ironically repeats itself ad nauseum? No, because there's something else that ironically repeats itself ad nauseum, but without the irony. Do you know what That's it what is? I'm saying, do you know? Do you know what? Do you know what else repeats itself it's... constantly without irony? I can't imagine what you're going to say. It's. The now show. <laughs> oh, the now show. Yes, yes, exactly. How funny that we should have criticised that. <laughs> yes. You haven't been specifically rude about any of the particular contenders in the last couple. I think we should be yes. very. We've been we've been far too horrid to the, the lovely Mitch Ben. Mitch Ben, lovely, forgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus Brigstock annoys me because I he, like him. No, he's he's, he's middle upper class, pretending slightly not to be sometimes and slightly to oh, be at other times. And nervous. and I just find that he's not funny enough to pull it off. Yeah. 
His I'm, I, his I'm a grumpy man routine's a little bit old. <laughs> Let's not literally just repeat ourselves for the entire podcast. No, we shouldn't. I had a good thing to discuss a few moments ago, and then you distracted. No, you've distracted me from it, and now I've forgotten. Unruly teens? Unruly teens, yes, and conscription. I, think, I don't even know what conscription is. It's like, Go to the army, even if you don't want to. But then you actually have to fight in the war, if there's a war at that If there point. happens to be one on, you wow. will eventually be brought in. I mean, the Vietnam War was mainly conscripts in the end, which is what made it so unpopular towards the end. Because right. general, are you feeling tired? I know, I just or, got or bored. Or has the, <laughs> has the, has the straw knocked you out? That's what it is. No, it's just I was bored by what you were I mean, saying. To- Fair enough. <laughs> Talking of wars, a good film is um, The Hurt Locker, set, oh, in, yeah? set in Iraq. Um it's a good film, go and see it. What film was the last film that you saw in a film house? In the film, in the film Tummy, I went to see um, uh, Funny People. What's that? Should we do a live review of the Funny People? No, it's, it's, mean... It was very good. It was, it's um, the new Judd Apatow film, and it's when I say that, I realise that every film at the cinema is a Judd Apatow film, but this is one he wrote and directed. <laughs> Um, and he's only done that twice before, and they were both brilliant. Knocked up and Forty Year Old Virgin. Both they were they were good, fantastically films. funny films. This is a, a bit moralising, but fine. Yes, and this one is less moralising, which I quite like. <laughs> My cat's appeared at the window again. I'm going to have to let him in. No, just leave him there. No, I shan't. I'm going to. You have to fill while I get him. Okay, I, I, I will fill, and I will say that this is actually a very interesting and important time to be going to the cinema, even if the films aren't particularly good. You're living through a revolution at the moment, even if you don't know it, and that is we're living through the last days after a hundred and something years of its happening of film projection. From next year and probably over the next three or four years, all film projectors are being thrown out of cinemas and replaced with video projectors. Just so, so you know, this is what it would be like if I wasn't here. So, Just Nick. So, so, from, so from now on, pretty much, you're, you're, we're living through the last days of something that's mm-hmm. been going since the beginning of an art form. I think people should pay more attention to it. You'll miss it when it's gone. Oh, for sure. You will, and when you're basically just going to watch a big telly in, in the cinema, which is what's happening, which is what will be happening from now on. So mm-hmm. go and watch films and find out. You'll, you'll know whether it's film because it's slightly juddery, slightly yes. flickery. Um, and you'll see little blotches appear on the screen, but also it looks more artistic, for want of a better word. The difference between, say, watching a watercolour and watching something made with poster paints, I right. think, is the way I would characterise we, the difference. We went to see Brazil a few weeks ago, mm. didn't we? And it was obviously an extremely old print. Yeah, 1980. They made no effort to clear up at Nothing all. Nothing at all. They were just took it from their store and bunged <laughs> it into the projector. Blew the <laughs> dust yeah. off the top. And no, they, they, they really didn't oh, blow really any dust off the, the dust top. On the top. Yeah. So they, it was, and it was, it was so old that it genuinely skipped a couple of times. Yes. And it was just something fantastically good about that. I hate to sound so stupid and, and cliche, but no, no, I is. genuinely liked it when it skipped. There twice. is an aesthetic. I think if it was the first time I was seeing it, I'd have been furious. Yeah. Because I knew the film. But really. there's, a, there's an aesthetic to it. There really is. It, there's an aesthetic of imperfection, which is described by uh, a Japanese word, which I can no longer remember, but is evoked by the remodernist movement, right. which basically says that there is nothing like Super 8 film for capturing the life and vitality and imperfections of existence. Okay. And the problem with um, HD video, I'm, I'm certainly not a Luddite, as you know, but mm-hmm. the problem with HD video is, for want of a better metaphor, it is soulless. It, it crisply picks up things, but uh, it doesn't reveal them the way we remember them. We remember things like film, I think. We don't remember things like HD video. HD video might be the startling present, but it's not the immediately remembered. I'll put it no right. more strongly than that. I think yeah. film is better at capturing things the way we remember them. Slightly flickery, slightly impressionistic. Um, okay, it's interesting. Uh, 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 whereas HD video, it's a bit... There was a, an art movement called neorealism, 
where they were painting things so they'd look even more realistic than a, yes. than, a, than a photograph would. And there's something unnerving about that intentionally so. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes HD video looks like that as well. There's just something unnerving about it because it's slightly too realistic for our eyes to have yet learned how to interpret that as an, as an artistic okay. statement. So... Um, that's that's my comment on cinema. Anyway, I've not talked. About, I, I, as I said, I don't re- not really talk about any film. Don't bother what the film is, but actually go <laughs> and see a film so you can tell your grandchildren when 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 grandmum or granddad was a lad. You could go and see these things which were printed on hundreds of feet of plastic and move through a light very quickly to make see, it look like to make the... it look like you could um, make it look like they were moving but don't get too smug because mummy and daddy and granddad could also fly across the atlantic supersonically which you can't <laughs> it's like when when i was young that unfunny man doing the orange adverts used to flicker about yes and and yet the same man yes. is now rock solid That's right. and there's still somebody wretched in the audience who go, I haven't been to the cinema for 400 years. Oh, worse. I haven't. I still can't. can't. <laughs> I still laugh every time he makes that comment off screen. That's right, that yeah. final comment. That used to be quite funny when they started. It was, okay, now yeah. it's just it's slightly embarrassing, like yes. a senile uncle. I always refer things back to uncles. Have He's, you noticed that? Yeah, Evuncula. Evuncula, like, you know, Phil Collins sings. Somebody complained that we were rude about oh Phil Collins. Oh, my goodness, that's true. Mm. Good. Phil Collins is a f- Awful, hateful, You're not dreadful, allowed to swear on this terrible podcast. singer. That's the first time you've sworn on this podcast. This is podcast. the first time. Yes. I saved it up for how much I can't stand and, Phil uh, Collins. Uh, and he's a founder member. Exactly. He of hates the society. <laughs> yes. Of providing pedophiles with cream cheese. <laughs> no, he's not. That's not true. That's an incorrect. <laughs> it is. It's an incorrect thing that you've said there. He is, however, a, a big campaigner in the uh, kill all the... Um, uh, piracy people yes to, to prison yes. kill them to real to death or anything kill just kill them, them to, to death. prison <laughs> the campaign for killing pirates to death <laughs> to death that's right when we say pirates we mean people who make noises that he doesn't want them to make that's out right. of their loudspeakers how could you how could you make that Bastard. noise which sounds like my noise I come out of your loudspeaker we've gathered together five times and, and we've well this is the fifth time I guess and we and yet to just discuss our feelings on music copyright which I thought was quite I bold. think we actually need to save that for a real no I want to to tell the story of um, Graham on top of the double-decker bus. Yes, a friend of ours, Graham, and he very much enjoyed the works of a particular pop combo. Do you remember which one it was? I don't know. Um, th- oh, yes, funnily enough, I think it was... Um, no, well, it couldn't have been Coldplay. Who, who, who does Coldplay want to be among Travis? Them? Yeah, who, who do they want Snow to be? Patrol, no, but when you go, same. go back a Janus. Who do they want oh. to be? Radiohead. Radiohead, oh, yes. okay, yes. And, and it was Radiohead whom he loved, mm-hmm. Tom York and all, uh, in particular. Mm-hmm. And do you remember how the discussion went on the top mm. bus? He was... I wasn't there, I've only heard about this since. Yeah. So. Oh, yes, uh, I, I, I was there, so I really should be narrating, but you yeah. can. Cause you no, no, there. okay. So, well, I don't remember the Radiohead context, but I remember that you, Graham was arguing uh, for paying for music and saying... If, well, not paying for music, no, but, but for the status quo, for want of a better term, yes, as it be was then. Yes, forced to pay a particular amount and if you and, and, and if you And if you don't, you're treated as a, a heinous criminal. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. he, and he, I believe that he argued, no one is going to sing music 
before you've given them money. No, people need to be paid to do this. That's right, isn't it? Yes, and 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 I don't wish to, don't wish to be. Oh no, Graham's, rude to it. Graham's a good friend and he's an intelligent guy, but it was just that at that point, I think he just couldn't see. I think this is no, I think this is why I like this story is because I went through this exact same process. Yeah. I had to, and it's like that moment when you have the the, the wool pulled back yes. from your eyes, and and it's not no, it's not a criticism of Graham at all. It's I think it's a process we're all most people go through. We're all born into a society that tells you you must pay, you must be paid to work, you must do all this, and until someone kind of reveals it for you and I, I just think Graham's I don't mind being paid this. to work that's the point <laughs> no, no, I mean you know being yes. paid to work is good being paid for every emanation of your work yes. even though it doesn't cause you extra effort to produce it is neither good nor bad but at least you can question it without being branded a criminal mm-hmm. I would suggest and that's all but even getting to that stage is quite difficult because of course it's stealing but anyway, so the point was, Graham was protesting that someone wouldn't make music for free and then expect to be paid later, I believe. Yes. At which point, you drove past a busker. Yes, that's right. And no, actually, no, we were walking past a busker oh, at that past. point, yes. And we said, Graham, your ears have stolen his music. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's and right. it's just such a lovely moment. It kind of helps you to suddenly get it and realise that what music is and how it should be. And well, well, my argument is very much that the internet and related technologies allow us to reintroduce the notion of patronage but in a democratic way. If you look at the way art was funded in previous centuries, you had people like the Medici who would fund great works of art to their own glory and they would pay people like Michelangelo to produce wonderful things Mm -hmm. uh, merely because it was a sign of power, I suppose, that they could get these artists to make these things. Occasionally they would get somebody like Mozart to make them a requiem or two. That was the way things were done. Powerful people in positions of the aristocracy right. would 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 pay artists to keep them there and to create their trappings right what the internet allows us to do is to democratize that and to say well if you like x mm-hmm. then more of x can be made by paying for x and this this can work quite well i think people are still a little suspicious of it yeah um, but actually i th- i've always argued that people would be far more willing to pay for something and to continue funding something they love than for, say, paying for earplugs or um, anal lubricant. Right. Because whilst they will pay for those things, they don't have any particular visceral love for that. But, of course, people do have visceral love for the music and the artists who produce that music and so on. So as long as they genuinely feel that their contribution is helping to make more of the stuff they love, rather than going into the coke habit of a middleman who sniffs it up before it even reaches the artist who's going to produce more of this stuff, they'll be very happy to do it. And that's what I mean by modern patronage. Now, people um, are disparaging about that and say, well, it's just the modern equivalent of putting the, the tip jar out on the website or whatever. But I agree, we've, we've got to evolve the, the metaphors and the media of doing this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I still believe that's the way most of culture will be produced in the future. Now, you, in a small way, you, you do this on your website, which is Rock, Paper, Shotgun, where sure. you, are, you ask people to subscribe. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not like in the old days where you had the subscription was necessary to get the product because, right. you, because subscription, subscription had to pay for the distribution of this particular product. And importantly, the distribution had an incremental cost. It cost X to distribute X numbers of Mm. copies, and X plus one cost X plus one to distribute. And when we don't have that model anymore, we can be more creative. And so when people subscribe, it can initially seem odd because they say, well, I'm not going to get an extra... Because websites used to make the model, well, you've read this far into the article if you want to read the whole thing. Which, which, is, subscribe, which is vile. Which is horrible. It's, like kind of, mm. it's trapping and, and, and tedious, but... 
No, it's, it's like if you appreciate this, if you enjoy mm. what you're receiving, yes, then you can pay in hindsight. And people will be people do that as long as they feel that it's genuinely contributing to the vitality of mm -hmm. the production. Uh, and I think when people think that it's just disappearing to somebody's bank account and actually it's not being appreciated or noticed, yes. that's when I think it drops off, which is why you have ideas, for example, for producing newsletters and that kind of thing. Not even necessarily for making them think, I'm getting something for my money specifically, but uh, we still know you're around and you are making a difference. Yes, absolutely. It is more of an important It's interesting thing. you mentioned Radiohead, because, of course, they did this with, um, I think it was In Rainbows, which they released. Yes. And I, 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 it's such a shame because Radiohead are brilliant. And, and uh, mm. I just saw this evening a new story about um, the uh, oh, there's the, the the government wants to put pirate repeated pirates have their internet cut off. People oh yes, who, Mr. Mandelson's been out to lunch with various people yes, who have had, right. a word, had a word in his lug hole. And this enormous band of artists, and musicians, and musicians, age, uh, unions, and so forth have come forward to say how horrendous this yes. is. And please stop. And Radiohead are very much at the forefront of that. Which is really exciting, but and and they put out this album and they said this album is free, but you can choose how much you wish to pay. Yes, which is a fantastic model, and and, yes. and I encourage so many more bands to do this. But Radiohead, unfortunately, were the wrong band to do it for two significant reasons. One, you talked about money disappearing into a bank account. Yes, and I'm fairly certain that Radiohead don't need yes. to be making. They're much too big. Money you don't anyway. you don't feel that you're making the contribution right. that you would be. They don't feel to me like a band who make their money by touring. I'm, I don't know. Maybe maybe they've spent all their money on on. I, uh, I don't think they on have. wild parties, but I'm sure they've got enough money put away to be comfortable. No. And and the second reason is they were they're too high profile, so the media picked up on the story and went, oh, "Look what they're doing! This is so fascinating!" And then they found out, oh, only ten percent of people paid, as if. That was a failure. I thought failure. that was. I thought 10%. that was wonderful. I thought that was wonderful. It was exceptional. Something that was free and one in ten people and went. People, no, I'll, I'll, and I'll quite pay. a few people also paid more than they would have paid Absolutely. for the album as well. And you know, what's interesting about that is, is it proves that if that sort of thing is done well, it can work. And let's compare it to what happened with Stephen King's experiment oh, a few yes. years ago. Uh, and that was called a failure, and he got all grumpy about it because, again, I think twenty percent or or whatever people paid for his story. Which... He argued that he wouldn't continue. He was publishing a chapter a month, and he wouldn't continue publishing unless more than two thirds paid. Yeah, which which is again, where you you do not hold your readership out to blackmail as an <laughs> argument right. to yes. produce more work. He actually made tens of thousands of dollars off it, but that wasn't enough. And, and that and, was not a and, good advert for all that. No, and even worse, him. he didn't finish no, he refused it. I don't, I don't know if he... I never, no, it was. He refused to in the right. end. Be, because people weren't paying. Yeah. So what he did... No, no they his, were paying, just not high not enough. enough. So he sold a product to a number of people mm. that they invested in. He was charging $2 uh, a chapter. The yeah. chapters were very short, and the worst thing was it wasn't very good. Yes. Yeah, so called The Plant, I believe. Well, he, he was um, complaining, said, why are people stopping to read and stopping to pay? And the answer was, well, because they don't think it's that good. It's that good. good. It's not yeah. really worth it. And then everyone who had paid six, eight dollars... Hmm. Never got to finish the book. No. And look, I'm not even going to be particularly rude about Stephen King about that. I think that he is basically captured by the old models, mm. and he has false, to use the old Marx term, he's got false consciousness, just right. like everybody else. He cannot see the wood for the trees any longer. He mm -hmm. sees art as such a specifically commoditized entity that... Anything that slightly goes around those very rigid boundaries is considered uh, problematic and a failure if it doesn't immediately reach the stratospheric results right, he receives yes. from the way he commoditizes when you sell, his he's work. He's the biggest selling author yeah. in the world. I and, mean, yes. uh, exactly. And, and the problem is that for him, 
it's worked very well. Mm -hmm. The commoditization. Yes. Um, but you might as well say that the lottery <laughs> yeah, is, is a good way of spreading the wealth because <laughs> occasionally it creates a millionaire. Yes. Rather than, you know, and of course that's a ridiculous argument. And to argue to keep the status quo would be like arguing that the lottery is a good way of um, distributing wealth across society, right, which yes. of course it, it, it is not. And uh, we can talk, I don't want to talk specifically about the idiocies of the way society is dealing with copyright, merely because I think, I genuinely do think we should dedicate a whole topic okay. to discuss on this, but we're just talking about the models that are used mm. at the moment to try and work out new ways of funding and creating self-sustaining modes of culture. So there's there's a, a, a guy who goes by the name of Girl Talk, and he he remixes other... Um, other, he take, he takes, he's a, a mashup artist, mm -hmm. but rather than just taking one or two or three, two and one, one, a one-track mashup artist, yes. particularly awful, uh, two or three, he tends to take 25 to 30 mm -hmm. uh, tracks per song. Yeah. They're absolutely phenomenal. They're fantastic. And if you go to his website, you can buy, you can get the album for free or choose how much you want to pay. Um, and mm. he's just made a uh, film, mm -hmm. um, a documentary made last year, which is kind of covers all these topics and about the models of paying and, and the copyrights and the yes. whole system. Um, and it's I've I think it's called the cut. I can't remember what it's called. It's terrible. But um, he he this film. You go to their website and it's got a thing. You can download this whole film from their website completely for free. You can choose how much you want to pay for the mm. DVD quality film. Absolutely brilliant idea. I went to I thought fantastic. I'll get this. Clicked on download and it said sorry, this film is not available in your region. <laughs> so again they just can't quite break away almost from almost there almost there but you just can't so quite so I, I downloaded it elsewhere and then right. went back to the website and paid them for it that's the only choice I had you can because you could pay in hindsight I yeah, could pay well, I just fair got, enough I sourced it for myself and then paid them for it that's the only way I could well yeah I, I wrote a paper some years ago saying basically the way that all this copyright nonsense is going to be dealt with is by the media companies overplaying their hands and pissing everybody off mm. basically yeah, uh, I think it started to happen quicker than I thought. Because oh. DRM became the dirty word way before I, a dirty acronym way before I thought it would, and I think that we're going to find the same thing happen in other media as well. We, it's simply the internet is a tsunami which they can't uh, ignore, mm. especially while um, broadband is available. And there was a quote in Shakespeare's Measure for Measure where there's a duke who wants the uh, the young people in the city to basically stop having sex outside marriage and be good and stop cavorting. And his deputy basically says, well, dost thou worship wish to geld and spay the youth of the nation then? And they said, well, no, well, then they'll go to it then. So basically the only thing that you can do is effectively castrate everybody right, yes. or castrate their artistic uh, tendencies or their artistic appetites or indeed castrate the internet. Mm -hmm. All of which would have disastrous implications on society. And if you're not, they'll go to it then. And you've just got to live with that. And the point of capitalism is it's supposed to be a, a non-sentimental, quite ruthless ideology where if your old market model fails, you adapt or die. Yes. And you don't, you don't start crying to mummy and saying, make make them give me money like they used to give me money. Uh, make internet go away. Internet naughty bad man. Why internet go away? You make me sad now. Rupert, that's what Rupert Murdoch's been saying about the internet. Like, oh, they, no, no, Rupert. Just take my newspapers no, saying, no, Rupert's been saying, right, you're going to all start paying for my newspapers now. Because it's so damn good. And you're saying, well, no, we're not. No, you are. No, no, really, Rupert, <laughs> we're not. No, because I'm going to make you pay for them. No, what we'll do is we'll just not 
give you the money for them. <laughs> That's right. That works. Just that, as that, well. that works quite well. Oh no, I don't get to see the Times and the Sun. Oh, oh. because because I can't see uh, any ladies with their boobies anywhere else That's on the internet, right. but the electronic page three of the Sun. I've broken one of my rules there. Which which one? The don't allude that the internet's only pornography. That's rule. true. You did. Yeah. You've broken your rule. I did already. it on purpose, just to illustrate how easy it is. That's true on purpose. Yes. But we, if you couldn't, if you had to pay to get access to the Times, you know what you would miss out on? What? The Bugle. You wouldn't get to listen to the Bugle anymore. Uh, that's another podcast. I I don't like it. I think it it, it abuses certain um, motifs. I love the Bugle. I, think I don't really like good. the way they continue to play the theme. But this is getting a little bit nepotistic. <laughs> yeah. Let, let, let's not constantly talk about our our podcasting brethren. Oh yes, they are the though our cousins. In I the think industry. I think we're better than the Bugle. Do you? Which brings me to another little point of ours, which we discussed oh, many yes, years ago. And would you like to uh, introduce this rule? The modesty rule. The, 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 the no false self-modesty That's rule. That's right. It's, uh, I think... I don't know. I, I, I hope everyone feels this way. But there, there's a rule that says, if, if someone says, oh, you're, you're very good at such and such, is you have to go, oh, oh no, well, no. Oh, you're embarrassing. No, oh, stop now. Um, Think of Stephen Fry whenever he's complimented. If yes. you want to, if you want to oh, have an example, Titian Foxies. Uh, <laughs> Stephen, you're quite good at language, and you make some interesting progress. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, please stop, stop. Oh, darling, sweetie, stop. Yes, yes. It's um, it's ridiculous. No, you should go. Thank you. That's yes. I I understand that to be the case. Or, or actually, I I agree. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's difficult to do sometimes because it, it actually feels very naughty. Yes, yeah, it's just like oh, I can't believe I said that. Uh, or they think you're joking, you're being ironic. So somebody will say, um, "Oh, I liked it when you did X," and say, "Yeah, I thought it was quite good as well. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought I was rather good on that, or yeah. whatever." What? what? Oh, What's wrong with you? Or, or they'll say. Well, don't get too big a head. Come on, now you think a lot of yourself. Well, you just paid the compliment. If you didn't want me to cash it out, you shouldn't have given me the coin. <laughs> how can you? Do, how do you? What does one cash out a coin now to interest? Well, you put it through the slot. Oh, I see. Understood. Um, yeah, no, it's true. And and so we've for many years had the no false modesty rule, mm. where we will accept compliments without questioning them unless we truly believe them to be yeah but that's the point because then you know the the honest truth yes and to also the dishonest truth that's right and then to the other other perspective on it is also to say when you've done something yeah blow blow your trumpet occasionally even if it's your own (laughs) even if it is some people can blow their own trumpets it's to do with the spine and (laughs) yeah yeah so despite my hypermobility syndrome my back is the where I lost the one point. I'm sure you've tried. Or I could join the circle. No, please. You have tried. No, please. Yes, you have. <laughs> you, you see, that could have been a compliment. Well, actually, <laughs> now that you mention it, I can blow my own trumpet. Yes. <laughs> no, but it's to say, one, you know, I, I did this today and it went extremely well. Yeah, and I, Not, and I thought I, I did a good. I think some other people said that. Some people said that it seemed to be well, okay. They, they, they thought it was sort of all right. You know, I don't know. I mean, they didn't just, vomit. Little old it. me just did it. Oh, we should actually say, well, that went. And you can be honest and say, mm. I think, because you can never actually objectively say sure. whether something's good. It's always been in my opinion, or I think that I was quite good there, or this went quite well, or indeed that was exceptional, or that's the best I've ever done mm. it, or whatever. I think that's actually quite refreshing, because then when you say, actually, I think that was a bit off, and I didn't do as well as I should have, people yeah. believe you more, because they know... And similarly, when you hear people say that to you, you can take it more honestly as well. They say, mm. well... 
you were okay this week, but I think it was better last week right. when you when you talked about the <laughs> cream teas, the cream teas. <laughs> yes, and that kind of thing. It's gone a bit serious this week. But, you know. <laughs> no, I, I did a I was at a literary evening thing, and I read out some old blog posts that I'd mm-hmm. written. Um, about my nephew and about well, ba- ba- about babies. I picked a couple mm. of old posts about na- ba- about babies that I read out, and I didn't really know how it was going to go because obviously they were written yes. for the for, they were written for the internet, and they were just mm. me bumbling away my blog. They weren't really my, particularly written yeah. my blog. Uh, but my funny to create their own one. Anyway, and I didn't really. They weren't designed to be read out loud. I can't believe you're still drinking that vile crap. <laughs> you enjoy it? No, but uh, <laughs> I, I I will not let it defeat me. <laughs> Fair enough. You're gonna have a funny change journey home, I think. Um, anyway, so I read these uh, these couple of stories there, so, and someone cried with laughter, mm. um, and it was genuinely huge amounts of laughter, and people were clapping and laughing, and it was, I'd never had any experience like it because I've not really don't really do stuff in front of an audience, mm. and and someone cried with laughter. I mean, and that, I had to come over that going that went really really well. Yes, I couldn't go. Oh, but I think I was okay. Some people mm. seem to like it. That Some would have been a preposterous response. Yes. But also, uh, when you read, some people read their own stuff, and they'll, oh, terrible, terrible. I, I, actually, I do that, though. And you do that, but actually, you quite like reading your own stuff. No, I don't. I genuinely, anything don't. more than six months old, and I see how I've learned to be better than since then, and I find it really frustrating Sometimes, and but annoying. Sometimes, no, you, but you never have the experience where you think, oh my God, how did I write that? I couldn't write that now in a good way. Oh, it, right. You know, no, that, no. That, that, I think I sometimes have that. I think if I looked at some of my philosophy essays, I would be a bit bit upset now I think oh I couldn't do that now I wouldn't have because you're out of practice wouldn't have this advice or maybe my decaying old brain (laughs) who who knows Um, you should write a philosophy essay that's what you should do yeah you should write I I know two people who did um, the same this is I must have told this story somewhere else before but I don't care Um, uh, Tom Francis from PC Gamer Mm. and uh, a girl called Tanya uh, who also works for Future um, we were in the pub and we didn't Tanya was, had just I think recently started at the office or something and uh, they were discussing and I knew that they'd both done degrees in um, hist- in uh, philosophy mm-hmm. and so I kind of introduced them to each other and they, uh, they asked what uh, what was your dissertation mm-hmm. and uh, Tom said his dissertation was on the uh, moral implications of teleporting clones mm. and Tanya said my dissertation was on the moral implications of teleporting clones I've always been worried about Which that. Which I thought was a every, Let's be honest, everybody who goes through the transporter in Star Trek... Mm-hmm. It's been murdered. It's been murdered, you yes. die. <laughs> so, and, and, then brand and, then a, new and then a copy you. is created of you. Of course, the argument goes, oh, what is identity and yes. so forth, because, of course, every cell in your body uh, is dying and being regenerated every day. So the fact mm-hmm. that it happens in a few seconds rather than in a few weeks doesn't yeah. matter. Because, in, in a sense, the, the you of two weeks ago died True. It's a, all of the you of two weeks ago is dead <laughs> and strewn all over Bath. <laughs> Your body parts are all over Bath. I've hoovered up so much of me. Yes, exactly. Now, the fact that that happens in two minutes doesn't matter. Well, that's a, an interesting philosophical question. Because the, the way it was put to me by these people who know slightly more about it, because you've done a philosophy degree as well, and I haven't. Um, well, the question of identity is important there. was but, the, the, some, the ship of Tarsus, I can't remember, where basically they, they, you've, they imagine you've got this ship and it's made of wood, mm-hmm. and one plank of wood on the ship rots away. Right. So you replace the plank of wood, but it's still the ship of... And I, okay. uh, ship of, I'll say sh- ship of Tharsis, but it isn't. I just can't mm-hmm. remember what the word is. Of course, it's the same ship. Right. Yeah? Uh, so then the, then the um, mainsail rots away, and you replace mm-hmm. that. Then the bow rots away, and you replace that. And then the rest of the deck rots away, and you replace that. 
and then the underdeck rots, and you'd replace that, and the rudder rots, and then eventually you suddenly realise that every single bit of wood in that ship mm-hmm. is is a new piece of wood. At what is it the same ship? Yes. If not, yeah. why not? And if not, when did it become the new ship? At what point in the replacement of of all its components mm. did it become the new ship? And, and that and that's a that's an ancient philosophical argument. And of course, when you're doing that with cells in people's bodies, it becomes an even more interesting. And the, question. the, the interesting angle on the teleporting issue was is that if say to teleport, you destroy and rebuild. Mm. How, what if you replicated? So you destroy then replicate. What if you mm. replicate and then destroy? So if I teleport you. Yes. To the next room, mm. but I keep the original you alive, and then I stab you mm. to get rid of the original you because you're in the next room. Yes. So you're not. Is that murder? And that, that's the yes. question these guys were asking, which I think is a fantastic question because if the teleportation process kills you, yes, it seems fine because you're still there. You're on the other side of the door. Yes. But if I do it for, and then kill you, well, it Star, seems very Star Trek wrong. very often had it where uh, a clone would accidentally yes. be created and that kind of thing. But they would always be evil. Or, they would be evil or have temporary amounts of life. Yes, <laughs> so that they could be all gone by the end of the episode. <laughs> Phew. Phew, all gone. Someone was saying today that every character in Star Trek Voyager died at one point during the program. I imagine the they did. Run. Yes, extraordinary. Did you enjoy Star Trek Voyager? No, it was terrible. I enjoyed. I guess I enjoyed it for being so terrible for the first couple of seasons. You, I quite liked Seven of Nine. I never got that far. Well, you should have, because that's the only reason to watch it. Not just because oh, you got big boot, but <laughs> but generally uh, the interaction between her and the Doctor were actually right. I like the Doctor. The Doctor's good. There was an episode in the second season where the Doctor got given a family to try to learn to be more sympathetic. Yes, and his daughter dies at the end. And it was, I was absolutely destroyed by it. It was brilliant. Robert Picardo is the actor's name, and he's genuinely yes. a good the actor. The Doctor, the Doctor, and Seven of Nine were the only good thing in it. He and has the same birthday as me. <laughs> Muscle top. A, a friend bought me a Star Trek diary as a joke once, and it had all the birthdays of all the actors. And so I looked on my birthday, and it was Robert Picardo. Well, of people to have simultaneous birthdays, it's unbelievable. So you, Astronomical so, 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 chances, Nick. Yes. <laughs> the chances. So you you happening. you could stab Robert Picardo to death, and uh-huh. it wouldn't be a crime. That's because true. Because you were born on the same <laughs> so, day. So in a sense, he's a clone. Twins. Yes. Yes. Uh, there's a, that my one of my favourite things about statistics. I like. To, how long have we got left? We've got time to talk about mm. my favourite thing about statistics mm-hmm. um, and how how people just don't understand mm-hmm. uh, coincidence and how likely coincidence is. Well, the clue is in the word coincidence. Things yes. sometimes coincide. That's a coincidence. <laughs> the end. <laughs> you know, that's yes. it. <laughs> that's true. It's good for that one. Yeah. Um, there's the uh, Nick. You look like you're trying to move without creaking the chair. I just can't let I you go. Carry on. Let it go. Um, the uh, but the, if you have thirty-five or forty people in a room, what are the chances of two people having the same birthday? It was very. It was much more likely than people think. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was almost. Well, no, don't go and get your book. I'm you, getting my book. I'm doing it. That's cheating. You it's should cheating. remember. But no, I mean, I know the answer. I just want. I want the proof. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember the proof, but basically, people assume. Well, it's going to be very unlikely. Think of how many mm-hmm. days there are in the year. But yeah. actually, it's. Um, well, there are 360 days in the year, and then you... Um, oh, I've had too much of this straw. <laughs> I can't be expected to do complex mathematics. It's Remember what I said in the first podcast? I can't even do 6 times 4 equals 24. That's, you can't. You don't, you don't know that, no. that number. No. Um, I, I believe, from memory, it's around 28... Sorry, 98.5% mm. uh, chance of two people having the same birthday. Here we go. Mm. Um, yes. So that's true. Uh, it's far too long-winded to read out. No, don't read um, 
They use yeah, they use forty five people. I don't like this. It's a ninety five percent chance of forty five that, people. That's the first moment where it's gotten a bit uh, Richard Herring and Andrew Collinsy with shuffling of books and papers and oh, let me just check this for the Daily Mail and all that. I don't it, like that. It, it should just flow. We shouldn't have fun. be going out letting cats in and reading books and things like that. It's already <laughs> it's already falling apart. This will be the last ever episode. I'm of rum doings, especially if I finish this glass of whatever it's I a straw, think, which is would, affecting me now. If I were trying to think who, which roles we would play, I would be more likely to be the Richard Herring, and you would be more likely to be the Andrew Collins. I don't say that in detriment to you to compare you to your hero, oh Andrew Collins. But I mean you. it in terms yeah, because I love homeopathy. I'm trying. No, I mean it in terms of I tend to be the sillier. Uh, naughtier one and you tend to be the more sensible I think you're grown up the... one well, okay. but you're the one who's <laughs> trying to bring up these damned cream tea jokes and well, I'm the one trying to control it yeah, so that's, that's Colin. I'm trying to be Andrew <laughs> Collins now I like homeopathy you're a bit of a you're a bit of a scientist aren't you Richard <laughs> please give me a job on the radio and I don't mean that ironically you see, I can be him, or I can be Richard Herring. Bam, bam, bamming, 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 bamming. There you go, I can be either of them. It's extraordinary. Your range is yes, phenomenal. I can be either of them. But anyway, go back to my point about the whole thing about, you know, if you've got a room of 40 people or something, you've got about a 95, 92% chance of two people having the same birthday. And you can... and, they, and the, it, well, sounds, it sounds intuitively like, people don't think Exactly, that. it sounds ridiculous until you have a fantastic example of this. Think back to your school. Yeah. Uh, you're in a class of average class of around 30 people mm. most people and it is most people will remember the two people having a birthday on the same day because everyone you know you brought in cakes or whatever on your birthday mm. two, everyone remembers oh yeah there were two people in my classroom it's not a coincidence it's a, well, it, it is, is a coincidence it's coincides. <laughs> it coincides yes you know and it's the extraordinary likelihood of coincidences to happen is is interesting it's an interesting thing that I've told but in a sense nation. it's not interesting because when you work it out, you say, yeah, of course, it has to. It would be interesting if it never happened. Ah, that's true. <laughs> that would be interesting. Ah. A class of 35 people and never <laughs> in the history of the world has anybody in such a class ever shared a birthday with that anybody. Would very... That would be extraordinarily interesting. <laughs> that would be. Yes, but no, sadly, it just happens the way you'd expect it to happen. That's Although, true. let's be honest, the world doesn't promise us that probability will remain the same. There's always a point I've made. Mm-hmm. Inductive. That's inductive reasoning. And... Just because the sun rose yesterday doesn't mean it'll rise tomorrow morning. You've got no guarantee, even though it's done it millions of times. And I'm not even talking about in the sense, well, it could suddenly explode because we don't know what's going on in the Mm -hmm. middle of the star. But the universe has made no contract with us, unless you believe in the story of God and Noah. Right. Uh, There is no, okay, I made a bit of a boo-boo, but here's a rainbow, which means I won't do it again. (laughs) That's right. The universe hasn't said that. If the universe suddenly decides that the electron is not going to be worth minus one of anybody's money anymore (laughs) and size will be worth minus 0.2 no scientist can go hold on that's not the bargain we made it could just flick like this and you say well it hasn't done it for billions of years yes and that Mm -hmm. is an argument that's not going to do it how exactly well because it hasn't well has the universe promised you that because it's done something a long time is not suddenly going to flip no, of course it doesn't. So, in a sense, everything's faith, which means you can believe in Jesus and not feel stupid anymore. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. Thanks. So, so yeah, I've suddenly become a bit Andrew Collins in that I've just <laughs> argued against all of inductive reasoning and science and just said it's basically religion. <laughs> See you are. There's all this straw is doing to me. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good example. Can you think of a good example of the universe breaking these non-written contracts? But, again, that would be foolish because you're assuming just because I couldn't yeah. that oh, no, itself sure. that itself is a contract no, I mean sure. of course there are examples of where we perceive things to be different and that kind of thing but I'm not even talking about that um, yeah I can I can give there you is. an example one day there was nothing uh-huh. and the next day suddenly out of that nothing the universe decided to pop everything into existence what day was that 
last Wednesday. <laughs> I thought it was a yes. dull day. <laughs> well, it could have happened. Am I, the, the, again, Bertrand Russell talks about this. It could have happened a split second ago. Proof right. that it didn't. Yeah. You know, um, again, just because you believe that things happened in the past is absolutely no argument as to why it should happen again in the future. We're getting a little bit, you know, where we got to with the story inside us. We've got into that little bit of two two sixteen year olds sitting up at uh, half past one in the morning in the, in the field. Could go. Yeah, but I'm not. Time go- really exists. But, I, but I'm not going to snog you. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> Could God create a rock that's too heavy for Him to lift? We got into that Saint Augustine sort of nonsense. <laughs> and the answer is yes, I yes. know. Uh, but also no. Yes. <laughs> Deal with it. If I love when all these things like, what is the sound of one hand clapping? These banal questions. I'll give you the sound of yeah. one hand clapping. There you go. Um, you know what that sounded like? That sounded what? like <laughs> no, a member, a member of the um, yes. British Royal Society of the Provision of Parliament <laughs> Creek. Enjoying it like an someone, afternoon. It sounded like someone grabbing their cheek and sloshing it back and forth. That's what it yes. sounded like. Do you know what? I, nothing do, else. Do, do, if I met God, do you know what I would say to him? I would say, hello, how are you? Because I would be polite. <laughs> yeah, and, nice. and then I'd introduce myself and say, hi, I'm Nick. Because <laughs> even though I he, know. And I'd say, yes, but most of the time when one says polite things, one doesn't yeah, really care right. how they are. He I'm goes, just being polite. Fair point, Nick. Yeah. And I'd say, God, could you tell me why you exist? And that's what I would ask him. <laughs> yes. And if he couldn't answer it, I think he would... I wouldn't be impressed. <laughs> do you not? Well, I know you say you've existed, but why do you exist exactly? Right. What, what about you? I'm not even talking about causality. I'm just saying, what about... Ontology means that you are here, and if you say, well, I don't know, I just sort of always have been here, I'd have a problem with that. Do you know what the the, the I I believe the correct answer is to well, that question: to, in order to love, go to hell. In order to love, <laughs> no, that's just the say, you just say, oh, go to hell, go to hell, Nicholas. <laughs> you, I've had quite enough of you <laughs> yes. and your nonsense. Yes, exactly. Well, let's be honest; that is what he's going to say. To is me. that what he's going to say? To yeah, you? he'll say, he'll say, go to hell, and I don't mean it metaphorically. <laughs> <I>. <laughs> yes, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a joker. That, that Adam Crawler always used to point out the in some people say. Ah, oh, see you in hell. Hmm. It's a very strange insight. He always wants to add the addendum from behind the perspex screen yes. in heaven, yes. where we come down to view you and in laugh. hell. Yeah, exactly. You, you've mentioned this Adam Crowe before. Give me one minute why he, I should be concerned about his existence. Concerned about his existence because mm. he may kill us all at any time. No, but in, in... oh, he's, you know, I don't. I think you'd hate him in everything he stands for. He's a, an American comic who uh, was fam- came to fame by presenting Loveline on. Um, K-Rock Radio and then later on MTV and then he's gone on to become a millionaire as Why? he likes to say very often because he gets highly paid to do his job took over from Howard Stern on the west coast of America when Howard Stern went to Satellite Radio uh, what's happening with Howard Stern he's now? still on Satellite Radio but he's not on any broadcast station no because he chooses not, chooses not to be I don't really have any interest in him but he mm-hmm. makes his money and, and does very well on, on mm-hmm. Satellite Sirius Satellite Sirius Radio, like. it's a weird thing in America um, yeah. and then and so Corolla just lost his breakfast show because <laughs> I love the way American radio stations work it was this it was the most popular um, morning radio show in the whole of the West he said, Coast, he I said, believe. He said ass or something. No, no, no. It was it was far more, even more ridiculous. He was. Um, he said Jesus once was nasty to a fig tree. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't anything he did at all. Um, the station he worked for was a talk station that had many syndicated uh, presenters on there, broadcasting all over all, all over America. And then one, the radio station decided they wanted to play the top forty chart hits. <laughs> more money in that, and they just fired everyone. That's it. Well, my cousin, my cousin in America said he was listening once to um, a classical music station mm-hmm. 
And then one day suddenly said, and that's it. And they suddenly turned into a rock station. That's right. Just overnight, they said, well, they the classical music repertoire's not really working for us. Let's be rock and roll instead. They genuinely do. Uh, your your favourite uh, um, jazz station will play ranchero music the next day, and that was what it will be. And it's mm. it's just the way American radio works. We 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 as a nation go into meltdown if um, if women's if, hours if, move by yes, a peak, <laughs> by a picosecond. Right. <laughs> in America, just new radio stations just changed yeah. this morning. Yeah. And so that's what happened. So his radio station changed into top 40 chart hits and, and he was ditched. So now he does a daily podcast, uh, adamcrawler.com. And you can... Uh, How does he make free, money from it? He doesn't. It costs him, I think at the last count, it was costing him $8,000 a month. Hmm? Uh, no, a week. Sorry, $8,000 yeah, a week. Yeah, well, I think of the bandwidth he yeah. was using. Uh, he's, yeah, I think it's the biggest podcast in the world now. Um, mm. And he's just, he's very rude and very acerbic and funny and has rants and can rant on any subject for as long as you like. Mm-hmm. Should I find therapeutic to listen to? Like, I hate driving and mm. I hate everyone else in the world when I'm driving yeah. and when I hear him ranting about driving it's uh, it's therapeutic it's like having a massage it's just fantastic yeah. someone who understands well a good rant is entertaining and that's mm. what I think I found find disappointing about Marcus Bridgestock on the Now Show <laughs> the Now Show because he will begin his rant and it will just be far too predictable there'll be certain right. left wing cliches which he'll invoke he'll get a bit cross about some slightly classist issue and then he'll get pissed off about bt for cocking up his uh <laughs> his adsl installation and that's kind of the trajectory of all his rants <laughs> and you know if you if you're going to do a rant you've got to do it properly you've really got to um give it everything you've got and not just pull back at the last minute because you're on radio four we should rant next time Okay, what should we rant? I don't know, but we've exceeded our time limit. We've passed 44 minutes. Well, I'd like to thank everybody to have listened to this particular podcast, and I genuinely (laughs) am feeling quite odd at the moment, (laughs) having consumed nearly all of my straw. I can't believe you've done that. Shall I? I'll I'll finish the last bit. Oh, my goodness. That's it. I've 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 concluded my. You're done for. Uh, and my my paint is now all stripped. (laughs) Excellent. And I will leave you, Mr. Walker, to do what you do best, which is to blow your own trumpet. Thanks very much. Do enjoy your cream teas.